You're listening to a sermon preached at Grace Church of Orange, California. For more info about Grace, please go to www.graceorange.org. And now, join us as we go verse by verse through God's inspired, inerrant, infallible Word. Back, back, back. Before, how did this happen? How did nothing turn to more? Nothing. Is there nothing at all? Or is there something No matter how small, if we're talking forever, rational reason will hit a wall. Something was there. The God from forever or the endless non-God? To assign perpetual existence to non-divinity can only be cosmic fraud. For eternality is divine, godlike quality that explodes the mind. He was there, outside the ticking of the clock, inside him endless truth to be unlocked. Before time, he created his work purpose and a plan. The all that is created the universe. There had to be a reason, a rationale, resolve, not just random reaction watching all arbitrarily evolve. A God with intention for his creation? There must be instruction for his emanation, a declaration of his revelation, a proclamation for his affirmation. He would not be silent. He is not absent from here. God has spoken. God is near. What does he say? What does he declare? It's not about you, but that's not reason for despair. You were made for him, yet he is for you. So hard to comprehend, yet we yearn to break through. Through the distractions, through the fog, through the smoke, gripping and grasping for the truth, clinging and clasping, we choke. Yet he opens the skies, he opens the seas, he penetrates our hearts. His word is loud, his word is clear, his word pierces our dark, deepest parts. Infiltrating and permeating, his truth live streaming from his heart to our souls. Our eyes seeing him beaming, our hearts relinquishing control. It's about him. Knowing him, seeking him, reaching, extending, stretching, embracing him. Consuming his words, resuming his work. Seeing his love, being his light. Recognizing his eternal power, resting in his grace every hour. We were made to find him, and in so doing, find joy. We were made for him, and for us, his son was deployed. Our story of darkness and despair, for salvation we grow, his story of love and redemption for everlasting hope. With entrance into creation, he was not met with ovation. But despised, he was rejected, taking our condemnation. Our damnation was his destination, redeeming the, the effects of sin's infestation. Conquering death's frustration, keeping his own for eternity's duration. Our joy exploding forever in his admiration and adoration. Back, back, back. Before time, before rhyme. He was there, his eyes looking forward to me. His intention in me to see and reveal his glory. The eternal beginning revealed, time moving in years. God was there back then and still now, he is here.
beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made. It is He who has made us, and not we ourselves. For you are God, Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in you all, God, the Holy Ghost, Spirit of Truth. Dwelling power, God, the Son, Jesus, the same, yesterday, today, and forevermore. Jehovah, Yeshua, I am Elohim. Kadesh, He's holy, none can bless you here. Glorious, all sufficient, triumphant King. For thy pleasure you created all things. God, God before, before the foundations of the world, you were God. God before the heavens, the earth, and the angels. God before the galaxies. Water, wind, or the air we breathe, nothing and no one can exist outside of thee. For you are God, who can counsel, advise, instruct, direct, or give wisdom to God, who has weapons or an army to wage war and defeat our God, who has insights, who has revelation to describe, the one whose ways are past finding out. Jehovah, Yeshua, I am Elohim. Kadesh, He's holy, none can pursue Him. Glorious, all-sufficient, triumphant King. For Thy pleasure You created all things. the truth and the living God. God His glory, His glory shall not be shared with another God. God exclusive. exclusive. He had no other lovers. God wrapped in humanity. He gave His life for me. In Him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Jehovah, Yeshua, I am Elohim. Kadesh, He's holy. None compares to Him, glorious, all-sufficient, triumphant King. For Thy pleasure You created all things. God, God, You alone are God. God the Father, God, first and last. You alone are God. Great I am, voice of many waters. You alone are God. Mighty. Sovereign, righteous, righteous, voice of many waters. You alone are 
glorious in holiness, fearful in praises. You do wonders. Who is like you, God? You alone are glorious in holiness, fearful in praises. You do wonders. Who is like you, God? You alone are glorious in holiness, fearful in praises. You do wonders. Who is like you, God? You alone are God. Well, if you weren't awake before, I hope you are now. Um, it's a great way to uh, start your Sunday. Um, my name is Matthew Holbrook, and along with Dan Martin, uh, we get to the privilege of leading the youth group here, and uh, we are excited to do that. Also helping with the youth group is Matthew Ma, Roger Mihai, Jared Hughes, Brittany Livesey, Alyssa Solano, Kayla Murphy, and Scott McMillan. So there's a whole crew of us. Um, but it is our privilege to be here with you this morning and to uh, lead the Sunday service, and we hope that it is an encouragement to you. We've looked this morning so far at the reality that when we look at the existence of God and the fact that He is here, it has an effect on every single one of our lives. And we want to dive into that a little bit further here this morning. So if you would, take your Bibles and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And when you find that, would you stand? We're going to be reading starting in verse 51. So 1 Corinthians chapter 15 starting in verse 51. Paul says to the Corinthians, Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. Lord, we come to you this morning and we are grateful for the opportunity to know you and to praise you and to worship you, to stand in your presence blameless with great joy. Lord, I pray that you would turn our attention to you, that you would turn our attention even to the prospect and to the, the hope of spending eternity with you and that that would be something that would excite us now and change the way that we would even live. And so we commit this time to you as we look at your word and we pray in Jesus' name, amen. amen. You may be seated. I'd like to ask you to think back as far as you can think. For some of you, that might be yesterday, but I'm going to ask you to imagine even a little bit further. Go back to before you were born. Imagine even, if you can, wrapping your head around maybe the 1700s when our, com our country was founded, or maybe you can imagine back to the, the Middle Ages or back to when there were the, the first people on earth or even before there were people on earth. Imagine back to before there was an earth. What was there? What was before there was an earth? Before there was a universe? The fact that we are sitting here today implies that there was something before us, and there was something before that, and before that, and before that, and keep going back far enough, and something has to have always been there. Something has to have always been there. That something, some people would say, is certain gases or matter. But whatever it is that has been there for forever, 
would have an eternal quality. It's for forever. And being eternal, I would suggest, is a divine quality. It is a quality that we would apply to a godlike reality. So we're all faced with a choice. If something has always existed before and before and before, and you go back further and further, and that something has, has an eternal quality, which is a God quality, then we have the choice and we, we have to determine, do we assign a God-like quality to something that is not God or to God? And I think that it is reasonable and rational to, for us to conclude that to assign a God-like quality to God makes an awful lot of sense. And if that God exists and if that God has a purpose and he has revealed that to us, our entire reason for being, our entire reason for breathing, our entire reason for being here and for waking up every day revolves around him, whether we know it or not. We exist for his purpose. He is the source of all things. And we come face to face with the reality of that God's existence every day. The group just did a great job singing and proclaiming to you about that God. And now I'd like to ask you to think back, maybe not quite as far. For some of you, maybe it's back to when you were five years old or 15 years old or 55 years old or maybe 75 years old, but I'd like you to think back to if you were a believer, when did you come to the Lord? When did you believe? When were you saved? And think back to that time. And there was a moment, if you are a believer, there was a moment when God's grace radically invaded your life and exploded in your life and completely changed everything. Your heart was changed from a heart of stone to a heart of flesh, and you were Oh, had your eyes opened to be able to see things that you would never be able to see before, and your eternity was changed. And we look back to that and we say, that was God's grace. I was saved by God's grace. And we talk often about God's grace in our lives as it applied to us in the past. And today I'd like to direct our attention to about God's grace in a little bit of a different way. If God exists, and if our lives revolve around Him, and if we're saved and we are excited about that grace that God gave to us in the past, we should be even more excited and even more directed towards God's, God's grace that comes to us in the future. First Peter chapter 1, verse 13 says, therefore, preparing your minds for action, or another way to say that, the way this literally reads is, gird your minds for action, or another way to say that is to tie down the things in your mind that are flapping all around, tie them down to think on this thought. Prepare your mind in this way, be sober-minded, think straight, and set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. If you're a believer, Peter is calling us to set our hope fully, not partially, not completely, not as just a corner of our mind, but to set our hope fully on the grace that is to come, a future grace. Not just the grace that's behind us, but that grace that is in front of us. And we'd like to encourage you in that way here today. We're talking about the doctrine of glorification, the grace that is to come, this future grace when we will be transformed from these sinful, contaminated bodies into a glorified state in the presence of Jesus forever and ever for our ultimate joy and His even higher worship for all time. That's our calling, and we want to direct our attention to that future grace here today. I'm going to give you five realities of glorification that we're going to run through very quickly here this morning. Number one, our glorification 
is by God's grace. Seems pretty obvious. Our glorification is by God's grace. It is a grace that is to come. Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace you have been saved. That's how you were saved in the past. But when we talk about being saved, we have to be saved from something. We have to be saved from something. Romans 5 says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since, therefore, we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. There is a wrath of God, a punishment of God that is on every human being because of our sin. But if we are saved, we are covered in the righteousness of Christ. We are, his death paid the penalty for our sin, and that saved us in the past. But that is a meaningless, just feel-good, warm sense if it's only past-directed. We are saved from something that is future-oriented. We are saved from wrath that it would be in front of us. We are saved to be in his presence, to worship him, to be in, in a state of pure and complete joy forever and ever. If, there, if that doesn't exist as, as our salvation, there is no salvation. We're just throwing around the word saved and it doesn't mean anything. But if we are saved for something, we are saved for him and it is a future grace that is to come to us. We are saved by God's grace for eternal joy. Secondly, we are saved, or I'm sorry, our glorification is a physical glorification. Sometimes we have a hard time getting excited about the idea of sitting on clouds, playing a harp, and singing little songs to God for all of eternity. And the Bible has nothing to say about that. Everything about our eternity is focused towards a physical end with flesh and blood and and singing and eating and playing and, and exploring and worshiping and doing this in a physical way. You, if you were to die now, your body would remain here on the earth and it would decay, but your soul would immediately be in heaven, absent with the body, but what? Present, present with, the, with Lord. the Lord. We leave, we, you leave your body, you're present with the Lord immediately, instantaneously at your death. But that's not the end. That is not the end of the, of the story. There is a future resurrection. When, um, when Jesus rose from the dead, he was the first to rise from the dead in that glorified state, but we are all to follow after him in that same way. 1 Corinthians 15 says uh, in verse 20, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. What does first fruits mean? At that time when Israelites would bring in their harvest, they would bring the first basket of their fruit to the temple and offer that to the Lord as an offering of faith and trust that he was going to provide further in the harvest. There was an expectation of those first fruits that there was a whole lot more to come. When Paul calls Jesus the first fruits from the dead, he's the first to rise in that glorified state, but there's a whole lot more fruit to come. And you know where that fruit comes from? comes from us, from the believers. There is a physical resurrection that's going to happen one day. We're to be resurrected. As I read earlier, Paul says that it's going to happen in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye. That twinkling of an eye, the, the idea, by the way, is the amount of time that it takes for light to travel from your iris to your retina. It happens in, scientifically, I can tell you that it happens in one-sixth of one one-thousandth of one one-millionth of a second. And what happens in the twinkling of an eye? At the last trumpet, the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. Boom, that's what happens. Your body that has been here on, on, on earth, when Jesus returns at his coming, 
Your soul is in heaven, your body is on earth, but in the twinkling of an eye, boom, they're reunited. You have an, you, your body is, joins your soul, but it is a new body. It is a glorified body. It is a perfect body. It is absent of sin. It is absent of the contamination and all the problems of sin. It is a physical resurrection. It's why Paul can go on to say, death has been swallowed up in victory, O death. Where is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? No longer does sin have any victory over us. 1 John 3, 2 says, We are children of God, and it has not appeared as yet what we will be. We know that when He appears, we will be like Him, because we will see Him just as He is. Paul says in Philippians 3, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which, all, for which, from which also we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of His glory by the exertion of the power that he has even to subject all things to himself. We have a hope of this glorified, perfect, uncontaminated body for all of eternity to be in the presence of the Lord. God is going to create a new heaven and a new earth and it will be completely absent of sin. We have no entrance into that in a sinful state and yet we are promised a resurrection, a glorified body to enjoy that and to enjoy God and to worship Him for all of eternity. And that brings us to point three. Our glorification is all about the worship of God, which is our highest calling and where is the source of our greatest joy. We are saved to the praise of His glorious grace, Ephesians 1, 6 says. Revelation 5 paints the picture of John seeing the, and hearing the voice of many angels, numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, amen. We are saved to worship. And in case that doesn't excite you and you're like, why do I want to just sit around and sing and worship God? That doesn't sound that exciting to you. Well, if you're a believer, I think it does. Is there anything better than singing with God's people at the top of your lungs and praising and worshiping Christ? And in case you're not clear about that, maybe one of my all-time non-Romans 8 verses, Jude 24, says, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless, Joy. I love that part. With great joy. The whole point of being blameless in the presence of his glory, blameless in the presence of his glory, is that we get to be there with great joy. There's great joy being in the presence of his glory without sin. And our glorified bodies put us in that position. Fourth, this will be super fast on this one, our glorification is guaranteed. And I'm going to say, you just have to believe me on that one, or here's my Romans 8 reference you can read Romans 8, 28 to 30. Um, if you are a believer, if you are saved, if you are justified, there is a promise that he will bring you all the way to glorification. You will stand in the presence of his glory with great joy. I don't know about you, but I am excited about that. And fifth, our glorification is something in the future, but it changes your life for today. When we grasp that, this is why, this is why uh, Peter says, set your hope on the, glory, on the grace that is to come, on our glorification. Because we're not guaranteed health, wealth, and prosperity today. That's not a promise that we have today. We're not guaranteed or promised anything about happiness as the world would define it in this life. But there is everlasting joy in the future. We are to set our hope on the grace that is to come. We are to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our of faith, 
who for the joy set before him endured the cross. The cross wasn't the joy in front of him. He looked past the cross to the joy on the other side. We are called to, to do the same thing. Romans, listen, another, sorry, another Romans 8 reference. Uh, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory that is to be revealed. The glory that is to come is what we set our hope and we fix our minds on and we look past the things of this world. And, and when we are laser focused on the glory that is to come, on the grace that is to come, and we are looking forward to being perfect in the presence of Jesus, it changes how we live and think and act in our attitudes in our lives here on earth right now. And we can serve him totally. Fix your eyes on him, on that grace. Live for that grace. Reach for that grace. Long for that grace that time when life will be right, when peace will reign, when joy triumphs, when the burdens of sinful desires are removed from you. Doesn't that sound good? That we have this longing for, for sinful things, for we long for the shadows, we long for lesser things in this world, and that's gonna be taken away. We're no longer gonna want the lesser things. We're gonna want Him totally, perfectly, purely, completely, and we're gonna be in glorified bodies that just want the one who's the author of joy. And I'd suggest to you there isn't anything better than that. Live for that. If I can uh, date myself a little bit, I grew up on Stephen Curtis Chapman. He has a song that I think applies here and something I've always appreciated. The lyric says, Capture my heart again. Take me to depths I've never been. Into the riches of your grace and your mercy. Return me to the cross and let me be completely lost in the wonder of your love that you've shown me. And then my favorite part of this, cut through these chains that tie me down to so many lesser things. Let all my dreams fall to the ground until this one remains. You are everything I want, Lord, you're everything I need. I want this to be my one consuming passion. Everything my heart desires, Lord, I want it all to be for you. Jesus be, does anybody know the end of that? Nobody does. Um, that's too bad, it's a great phrase. Jesus be my magnificent obsession. I think that's what, that's what we're going to be in glory. We're going to be before Jesus, blameless with great joy. He will be our magnificent obsession. And that's who we're, gonna be want, we're going to want more than anything, and that's going to be the one who gives all, all joy. And so um, what we want to encourage you with today is long for that, look for that, lean into that. And uh, we're going to spend, you guys can come on up, we're going to spend the next 23 minutes trying to point you in that direction. And we're going to yell at you and sing at you and do all kinds of things to try to encourage you to, uh, to be setting your minds on the grace that is to come. a holy night. For you, it is the night. Lying down, listening to the final sound. Your eyes blink, once, twice more. Each blink slower than the one before. Breathing is shallow, your heartbeat slowing. Until there are no more breaths and no more beats. While I draw this fleeting breath 
When my eyes shall close in death When I rise to worlds unknown And behold thee on my throne Rock of ages, cleft for me Let me hide myself in thee let me hide myself in thee. Darkness closes in like a relentless fog enveloping your mind. And then it all changes. One moment in the shadowlands, the next moment in the bright shining sun. Darkness to light, an obstructed view to crystal clear vision. Joining with the angels, singing with the saints, proclaiming with the universe. Worthy is the Lamb! All in that day when my strength is failing, the end draws near and my time has come. Still my soul will sing your praise Because you were purchased from slavery, adopted by the king. Because of the king who is crucified for me and for you. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried and that he raised again, was raised again on the third day in accordance with the scriptures.
You were purchased by the king, redeemed to sing, a life of worshiping. His wounds paid for my ransom. His wounds paid for your ransom. Believing in him, trusting in him, hoping in him, resting in him. He made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through Jesus. No longer under condemnation. Though you were in sinful incarceration. Because of his divine incarnation. His death produced righteous imputation. And now for eternity, all you know is celestial celebration. For by grace you have been saved. Saved for an inheritance that is imperishable and undefiled and will never fade away. Reserved in heaven for you, who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation, ready to be revealed at the last time. Saved to the praise of his glorious grace. And when I'm on the run, the road that leads me home, your grace on which I stand. And when I see your face, the only claim I'll make, your grace on which I stand. And on which I stand it will hold me to the end never failing and oh praise the one who rescued me Jesus you will ever be my salvation final moments, life actually begins. Final breaths, final heartbeats, then it happens. This earthly body ceases, but remains on earth. But your soul vaults earth's constraints instantly into the presence of glory. A soul fully aware, rejoicing in the presence of the fountain of joy. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. Pure joy, bliss, bliss happiness. happiness, body decaying on earth, soul exploding with joy in heaven. But that is not the end. There is still a resurrection to come. Christ's resurrection was just the beginning. Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. The first fruits. First fruits. At harvest, the Israelites would bring the first basket of the harvest and present it to the Lord as an offering of trust that there was much more to come. 
the first fruits. Jesus was the first fruits of the dead. But there is more to come. Jesus was the promise that there is much more to the harvest, many more resurrections to happen. There is much more fruit to come. For those who are in Christ, there is a future resurrection to come. For as by a man came dead, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all died, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. Shall return in robes of white, the blazing sun shall pierce the shepherd appears you will receive the unfading crown of glory but there is another resurrection when Christ appears when our bodies will be reunited with our souls but someone will ask how are the dead raised with what kind of body do they come what you sow does not come to life unless it dies but God gives it a body as he has chosen for not all flesh is the same but there is one kind for humans another for animals another for birds, and another for fish. They are heavenly bodies and earthly bodies, but the glory of the heavenly is of one kind, and the glory of the earthly is of another. The dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. Then it shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, where is your sin? He who is mighty has done a great thing, taken on flesh, conquered destiny, shattered the darkness and lifted our shame. Holy is his name. Conquered death. There is new life after death and new bodies. For our citizenship is in heaven. 
from which also we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of his glory by the exertion of the power that he has even to subject all things to himself. Our bodies will be changed into glorified bodies, bodies like that of Jesus after his resurrection. Bodies not contaminated and not condemned, resurrected bodies like the resurrected Jesus. We are children of God, and it has not yet appeared what we will be. We know that when he appears, we will be like him, because we will see him just as he is. For you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God. 
every tribe and language and tongue. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. Now you, now in a sinless glorified body, but a real body that lives and eats and sings and plays, you join the scene. With thousands and thousands of others, you proclaim. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and might and honor and glory and blessing. Him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Blessing and honor and glory and might Amen.
and the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. Would you stand with us as we pray for our service? I want to remind you, as you do, that we have our 50th anniversary picnic afterward, and we'd encourage you to go to that, and I hope that we are encouraging you to do that with your hope set on the grace that is to come. Lord, thank you for the joy that we have to sing to you and to praise you and to know that we have an assured future with you, to be in the presence of your glory with great joy. God, help us to live with that in mind, to live and lean towards and reach for and long for and hope for that time when all will be made right and that that would be our North Star as we would live through this world and uh, that we would be so focused on you and being with you that we would shine your light everywhere that we would go in the meantime. And so uh, we pray that you would move in our hearts to do just that and we pray in Jesus' name, amen.